podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. I'm Jesse. My brother, Justice Raji. Oh, man. So, um... You know, it's, it's spring again. You know what I'm saying? Cue the biz Shop market. The biz. You know what I mean? That's right. And um, so, you know, before we get in, well, I guess two things to touch on. But first of the two is, you know, typically the conversation around fitness is always like, you know, New Year's and, you know, gym crowded in January and getting ready for summer and, and you know, all kinds of, all kinds of, you know, quite frankly, horseshit that, it's hilarious to think about that, like grown people still planning their life, like summer break is coming or something. Like, mm. <laughs> like, like you know, can't wait for mm. summertime. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna be ready. I'm gonna be out there. Like, but you know, whatever, man. Whatever gets you through through the day. You know what I'm saying? It, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying not to be too judgmental, but I can't help it. And for the record, I don't like all of you come to the gym the first week of the year and ru- and ruin it for people who have been in the gym all season. I don't like when y'all do that, man, because. I'm trying to get on the machines and you're and y'all ate all all through whatever holiday season, whether you know, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Festivus for the rest of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Whatever you celebrate, New Year's y'all celebrated. Now you want to come in and, and sit on the uh machines. Yeah, man. Stop and it. take too much time. So I just want to let y'all know, like, like Justice is saying, if people you doing that next year, just 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 start in November. Right. You know what I mean? Get comfortable. Just, 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 just let it flow, man. But just stop sitting on them damn machines. Yeah. So, but with that, yeah, you know I mean, you know, my own, uh, you know, ups and downs uh, around, you know, health, fitness, and whatnot. Typically, for me, especially, I have not over the last few years. But one of my own, you know, I've been, you know, I go through cycles. I think, you know, kind of like what I'm into you know, from an exercise perspective, you know, I, you know, there was a time when, um, it may not still practice martial arts, but like, that was my primary, you know, especially when we was, you know, living younger, we, you know, down living in, uh, Oakland and various things, it was, you know, I'd go do my Kung Fu and me and Zine would, would get, you know, do a little impromptu workouts here and there. And that's, that was my fitness, right. You know what I mean? Go do right. some ancillary lifting, you know, always need a little bit of lifting in there because, because the the scrimp the scrimp the scrimp work helps me get the get the get the angst out my body. But um, but you know, in light of this, you know, a couple things dealing with you know dealing with my mom's health, and then um, basically injuring myself by sitting in a bad chair <laughs> for a month. Mm. I was like, I I gotta you know, I had to slow down with the Capoeira uh, last year because. The, the place where, you know, not really no particular energy, just sort of deterioration over time as a, a, a person over 40, uh, it said, you know what, you probably can't do this, at least not at, at least not in this form and at this size, right? And so in any event, 
I've been trying to like settle in like on what what will be sort of my fitness focus because it helps me with any type of exercise and wellness to like kind of have a focus like I'm doing this right so when I really a couple years ago went really hard on lifting and trying to get up to like you know squatting 400 and deadlifting this and like really you know when I started building it up you know what I mean um and so right now um what I wanted to start off with just a little you know spring touch base on like you know fitness and exercise and like what you're doing or what you're working on and uh, share a little bit about what I'm working on and you know see you know anyone that's listening you know feel free to to add on or, or maybe folks get something from that um so I'm a I'm a I'm a tip to you I'm gonna give you the chest pass you know what I'm saying first then I'll add on All right but what, yeah. what's something that you are focusing on I mean you've been you know we've discussed you being out on the road but like with the running but, but where you at with it right now what's up yeah, no, and and I think um and this is important. I mean, you know, like you made a good point about men over 40. And I'm gonna say people over 40. And then I'm gonna drill down a little more and say, you know, original people, black, brown, and yellow folks over 40, just across the board, you know, the body, the body changes, you know, and things that you could use to could do that you took for granted, you shouldn't. And that's just the vanity external part of it. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that like bone strength and bone mass and all this kind of stuff that like we have to be aware of. So along with the other broader things about physical wellness and, and going to the doctor and, and checkups and all those kind of things, like the actual importance of movement um, is more important than ever, right? Now, the unique thing about the, the uh, pandemic, or at least at, in its most acute throes, right? Like people are still getting sick. So pandemic in its most acute throes, it was that, you know, you had a lot of people who had to be still. And then from that, there were a lot of people who picked up things. We've talked before about me picking up, you know, becoming more of an avid runner during the pandemic, which I credit a lot with um, my mental and emotional health, frankly um during that time and then since that time only because i do think you know the the full effects of the pandemic and the emotional the mental and emotional challenges won't be kind of totally seen from years to come but i do think even in the short term of it there were kind of some winners and losers um obviously but there were also people depending on how you could have used the time or depending on how you the space you were in it could have been a place for reflection so that's you know what i got into um and then then, you know, there's this unique thing about like because of the economics of our country and our world, it's kind of like you see people are like, OK, it's time for the world to open now. This has been cool, but like you got to go back to work now or you got to work from home. We got to do something. We gotta, something has to change. So it it threw people from this idea of like you might have had time to be home and reflect and you might have been gotten into yoga. You might have been running or biking or hiking. And then it's like you have to adopt many of the old patterns. Mm-hmm. That you may have had, which we know, generally speaking, for many of us, were not necessarily healthy, right? So, you know, w- where I am is, you know, obviously continuing to run, but also thinking about what kind of, to your point, strength training for myself as a as a forty five year old man. What makes sense? You know, what I mean, what, what what's important? Um, you know, any elements of machismo that come out, you figure out. You go to the gym and then you watch and do squat 400 like you and <laughs> lifting all kind of stuff and wiping the uh, chalk off their hands. And, you know <laughs> what I mean? Hard, you're like, 
and clap, you know yeah, clap it all hard. You know what I'm saying? And so you gotta be like, oh, I'm about to go throw some weight up too. Then it's like, dog, that's listen, man. That's that's how they. That's how that's what blow their hair back. You know what I mean? Right. You need you need to focus on being having being you know strong to do the things you're trying to do as possible, right? So to that end, um, along a you know steady diet of running, we introduced a lot of calisthenics. You know what I mean? Um, so a lot of you know push ups, pull ups, dips. You know what I'm saying? Squats, lunges. You know what I'm saying? All those kind of things and trying to do the things that also mirror um, movement. And movements that I'll have that I'll make with them running. One of the goals um, with myself and you know a couple of our brothers is to do um, a half marathon in Toronto. Um, so you know, I mean, that's like a goal. And so we got you know prep out for to make sure that you can and not just run it. Like I don't just want to run it. <laughs> I don't want want to have to fall in nobody's arms. Like oh man, thirteen point one. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, come in with the like limping towards the joint. Y'all watching me limp towards the yeah, I want to limp towards the joint, man. I want to the table be cut far before I get there, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that and then also one of the things I'll just share quickly is um uh into getting into a practice of um of yoga. Um because you know, to match and to, to to also connect with, you know, kind of the mindfulness practice that uh, developed through running, frankly, and the meditation practice developed through running, also to have another physical extension of that. Um, I think it's really important. And I think, you know, having a physical practice to mirror if you have mental practices of mindfulness and presence, whatever the one may be, whether it's any kind of martial art, any kind of kind of, you know, those, those arts or practices have become important. So that's going to be another kind of big part of my uh, broader wellness kind of practice for myself for, for the season. And I just want to also just note one thing that's important to note around these times that like things like biking and running and and I'm pretty sure everyone who hears that is listening to this podcast already knows this but they are not the domain and province of white people mm-hmm. um and just like eating healthy and wellness and these ideas we have to be really careful around interrogating or seeing these kind of things and saying that black folks don't do it or the colonizers it's colonizer stuff like it's not like people been riding bikes for a long time major taylor <laughs> please look at major taylor like we don't have to have this conversation and just because things might be commodified as being for you know rich white folks doesn't mean that that's what it is and it doesn't mean and, and we have to be careful not to to obscure traditions in our own communities that have been happening just because people on Instagram or, or it looks one way on Instagram and one way in commercials. So right, right. PSA over. Indeed. Um, and uh, so on two points. So like for me, I want to with like, so, you know, one of my, my, my focus and, and I, and I, and I, I half halfway into it last spring, summer with like trying to just get, get back out on the road on my bike. Like I, I was pretty, I was pretty serious for a few years back. And like I said, I kind of transitioned it and went a little deeper on the, on the power lifting and the, you know, scrumph. Cause I, um, you know, I quite frankly enjoyed the scrumph and I was like, you know, now I kept trying to like kind of straddle, like I'm a ride bike a whole lot and be big scrumph guy. And I mean, it, it, 
they, they're not they're not incompatible things. There's actually a lot of need if you're riding a bike a lot because you you have a concentric. You get kind of overloaded yeah. with the concentric work and not the eccentric yeah. work. So it actually yeah. is really important to do Absolutely. some eccentric work um, and eccentric loads and things to to counteract all that um, forward pedaling that you do. But it in terms of like if I'm trying to get up to you know be able to do, you know. Um, you know, 17 to 18 miles an hour regularly, you know, like, cause you know, one of the, at least, you know, at least in the way that coaching that I've received on, on the bike and even in my experience of cycling, you know, it's a intensity and like, uh, you know, power to rate kind of dynamic of like, you know, so if you, if you can ride, but like, so if you're going to tag up with some people to go for a ride and you be like, Oh man, like even, you know, I know you experiences with the running, we would be like, oh, well, you know, what y'all ride? You know, what's what's the pace? <laughs> you know, y'all doing like nine minute miles. Y'all doing, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of, it's a similar thing where it's like, yeah, we were, if, if folks is riding, like, at least in the past, like good, you know, you probably pretty good fit bike cyclists if you could do like 15 miles an hour, like for, you know, two hours, right? You know what I mean? And it's way faster, you know, like the pro people, they be doing like over 20 miles an hour for, you know, a whole, you know, for all afternoon type stuff. And, um, you know, and so figuring out what you can manage, because it's hard to, you know, I, I like to say that I've had it happen to me a couple of times on your bike. You can, you could just start riding. But, oh, man, I'm feeling great. I'm just riding now. And then you'd be like, I didn't roll really far from where I live. And I gotta get back home. I'm tired. <laughs> <get> back to <laughs> the crib. <laughs> I'm tired now. I thought I had more energy than this. How many hills? Oh, listen, it's the same thing with running. You gotta get to a point of like, how far are you going? Right? Like, like sometimes I'd be like, yo, run downtown. It'd be like, okay, that's cool. But then I have to run back. I gotta run back. And and it, and it's not like you don't have the energy, but it's just like, damn, I'm downtown now, man. So, no, it definitely lends itself to just, you know what I mean, making sure you're clear about how you're moving and you're, and you're pacing, actually. Yeah, so, like, um, but, you know, and use what I used to do, and, and this really helped with the training also, is setting, like, either a ride that I want to do, um, you know, as a target, right? So then I got to get up to the level of fitness to do that ride you know, in a reasonable amount of time. One of the ones I used to, I did a lot of years here, this is what I call Reach the Beach. And um, it actually, if you do the, the century, which is a hundred miles, starts really close to my house. Then it's like 75, 55 or 25. And I used to like doing the 55. Century, I mean, it's great to do one. And it, I was, anybody that likes to cycle, I would encourage you to challenge yourself and do a century one year. After that though, Unless you really, 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 really like it, it does get somewhere you're like, I'm still on this damn bike. I have this is all day. Like I am done. Like I, I like I, I'm tired. I don't want to ride no more. It is definitely a challenge. But um, so I haven't pinned down you know uh, an event yet. Uh, but my 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 basic goal right now is I'm trying to have the emergence of of uh, a felt cycling justice. You know what I'm saying? Like oh man, where people start sending me messages like, yo, just you good, man? Everything cool? Like you look, you know, you kind of getting thin over there. I'm like, I, you know, like God, I'm, I'm just getting Hold my miles in, baby. Can we do the intro for the black situation <laughs> where you lose, where your body changes, and and black folks start asking you questions like, right. "Is you okay? <laughs> Everything all right, man? Hey, you been 
Like, oh. you know, because it's either because either they, either you got you know some kind of helmet or they like, hey man, you you white horse man, what's what's going on? Like you dabbling in something? It's never good, right? It's, it, it was crazy about that. It's like for you to fundamentally change your body structure. Mm-hmm. It's never, and people never say it, it's like, oh man, this has been great. There's always like either you sick or you got some addiction or you dealing with some sort of heartbreak. Or, right, right. Like, yeah, you got some sort of crazy, like wild familial stress. Like, so you ain't eating, you ain't sleeping right. And, and therefore you get getting thin. And people be like, you all right, baby? Like, <laughs> I'll never forget when, uh, especially when we was younger, like, I, you know, I got real heavy, you know, with the kung fu and everything and shed a lot of weight. I went home with my grandma. I was like, she like, she, she like, what you, what's, what's going on with you, baby? You good? You, you let you eating up there? I was like, man, I'm cool. Like, I'm just, I'm just, just help. I'm just real fit right now. You know what I'm saying? It's all good. Listen, man. <laughs> my mom said the same thing to me one time. I, when I lost weight, she was like, you look good, boy. Don't lose no more weight. <laughs> I was like, don't lose no more weight. What do you mean? Don't lose, don't, don't lose no more weight. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but that's it. That you know, that's also the whole different. Yeah. conversation of our, our uh, in certain communities the idea of you know how well you're doing or how well you're being taken care of being defined by girth yes <laughs> right right you ain't got a little little something little little softness around the belly you know what i'm saying maybe things ain't going well <laughs> it's like you know so like you know what i wanted to do and it's important to me like with the spring because the reality is at some point you have to go outside and it's you know as hard as it is to to run in the in the in the winter or even you know when I do my walking like in the winter it's it is real hard to ride a bike in the wet like you gotta really want it like <laughs> when it's cold <laughs> like you can't you can't fake it with that like you you said with it, with this you know under 30 and you going about to go go get some miles in you can't you can't lie about it. Like you got to really be like, All right, I'm about to do this. Like I got my gear on. I got the stuff I need. I got the right layers. You know what I'm saying? I got the mental set so that, you know, once you, when you start that first couple of minutes and it, and it's still cold. Cause you know, cause oh. you're banking on the idea that once you get hot, right. Like once you get warm, right. It's going to be all right. Like you ain't going to feel how cold it is, but when it's really cold, it take a while. If it ever feels like it ain't still freezing cold outside. They tell you that whole 15, 20 degrees, and, and it does become real at some point. But depending on your body and how fast you're moving, that doesn't become real for about 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> so it's still like the first 10, 15 minutes, if you're only going to run for 15 minutes, you might as well dress like, you might as well put a jacket on because you're going to be cold the whole time. It's only after that time that it really kicks in. But, I, you know, I think to your point, those those activities do require mental positioning, which I think in, in how in science has proven over and over again, I think ancient folks and original people in posterity have known this, but also there are certain kind of sports and activities that, that really prepare like a need to be in a mental place to actually do the physical thing. And I think stuff like biking, things like running, you know what I mean? Like they, you need to be at a place to do it. If you're not at the place to do it, you're not going to do it as well. So, you know, so like my goal right now, the like one is I, I do want to identify a, an event to do. And there's actually, there's a couple, there's a, there's a, I don't, they haven't had it because of the pandemic. Like the last year, I don't think they, they made it last year. There's a Portland century, which folks always joke about because <clears throat> it used to be so much food 
on the ride. Like it, it wasn't, a, it was a ride that was like, you know, ride a little bit, eat a ton of food, ride a little bit more, eat a ton of food. Then at the end, it's like, like a for real, like big ass, you know, Pacific Northwest food smorgasbord type situation. Right. So, um, but it's a, it, it's good to set a target. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm figuring that part out, but like my targets right now is just kind of getting just back into basic bike shape. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause you there's you know, um, I mean, I know like, you know, you know, at least for my own stuff with running, where it's like, you know, people tell you like, don't clench your hands too much and like all this other stuff to keep, you know, your body energy right. Like how you, how you sit on your bike, how you hold your, 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 um, your drops and shit so that you're not expending energy um, in places where you're going to need it later, how to figure out your own pacing, you know what I mean? Set intensity, uh, you know, and even just checking to make sure like one thing I need to do is, um, or I'd like to do is get a session with a bike fitter just to see like, should I adjust, you know, some things on my bike, you know what I mean, positionally to make it a little better, you know, for my body. You know what I mean? I like, I, I really, you know, I've had this bike almost 15 years now, but it's a great bike. <clears throat> so, um, but I think I need some new pedals too. I feel like my my clips, my clippings ain't clipping the way they, they're supposed to. Um, you know, but so like today, literally this morning, I did, you know, 16 miles um, just to get an idea, like where I'm at, like, you know, how fast can I ride, you know, right. you know, am I, you know, up to it? You know what I mean? Like, you know, those sorts of things. But so I'm working on that. And 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 then the other the other side outside of the thing, I'm going to be working on mobility, just general body mobility. So like some, you know, strength work enough to like you know, make sure I'm getting good depth in my hips, you know, getting some more movement in my ankles. And because that's the other thing, like I said, I like literally injured myself sitting in a bad chair <laughs> under stress at the top of this year. And I'm like, I can't be out here with feeling my legs feeling weird for the <laughs> for the rest of my life because I sat in the chair when I was 45. That's just like, I'm not, I can't let this fly. So, you know, um, but like I said, the spring to me is often a better time to try to be getting out and about and doing your exercise than the middle of January, just for, for words and wise. Um, you know what I mean? It's, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here though, to be like, you know, I want to go to the Copacabana and like show everybody my abs. Like that's not the goal of myself for personal fitness. But the goal of the fitness is the, is the, is the, the, is the physical, you know, like I say, the value of physical confidence, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, you can move, you know, you can take care of yourself. You know, your heart rate is still there. I was, uh, you know, with a friend actually you know, camping last weekend and was talking about, you know, if you got to get in a scrap and like, you know, I, you know, me, I'm training, I, you know, like I have a baseline reality of, 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 you know, personal comfort with combat, but also, you know, the problem is like, if I had to get like in a scrummy scrum, I'm not really in a tip top shape for a super duper scrummy scrum right now. In my life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, and I need to know that. Like, I can't be lying to myself. Like, yeah, I'm ready for anything. Like, no, I'm not. I might be like, listen, brother, you right. <laughs> Anyone with Eddie Murphy doing yeah, I was aggressive, aggressive ways to <laughs> right. aggressive ways to pull back. And you know what? I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna leave right now. <laughs> you got this. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect intended. You know, like walk out with my shoulders up. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but it, but it's an important thing because uh, you know I think it's, we have a lot of problems sometimes. You know, we got folks that are irrational, physical confidence, so they think you know that that they 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 think that they the ones like they're always ready for a scrap and then sometimes they find out no you wasn't <laughs> you you wasn't ready for right. a scrap my man you should have shut up you should have let that one go um 
and then also though you know I, I think it you know I, I've said for years I think it's an impact in you know particularly you know and sometimes uh in the way law enforcement deals with people that you got some of them folks they ain't got no physical confidence so they got to go for the for, you know they don't feel that they can handle it <laughs> without going for something you know what I'm saying and then right. you know and then you got other people that they you know generally um you know which will lead to what we're going to talk about on the back end but like sort of your mental set your mindset around your mind and your body and then the reality right cuz you know even if you think you you you're feeling good and then you start moving and you realize oh snap i am not in the shape i thought i was you know what i'm saying and that and that can shake you you know what i'm saying in a way um you know and it's not always just about an aesthetic look either because you know you 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 know the science on like skinny fat people so to speak not fat in the you know derogatory context but in the context of like someone who appears to be skinny so people assume that whatever positive concepts we assign to skinny are there versus some of the things we may assign to quote unquote fat but the idea that basically folks have high visceral internal (laughs) situations happening like really you know around their organs but they look slim so everyone assumes they're healthy, but in actuality, they got high blood pressure, high, you know, high cholesterol, high, you know, diabetic or pre-diabetic and all that. You can't just tell, you know, it's not just an, an appearance thing. It's a reality of what's going on inside, you know what I'm saying, your systems. And some of that is training and fitness, you know, other, some of that is the mental well-being and other stuff, you know, like high blood pressure and a lot of, you know, other things are, are as much about stress and uh, your mental situations as they are just what physically is happening with, with your body. So, you know, it all integrates. And so, you know, for the spring, I mean, I'm just trying to, you know, get on the record, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to learn more about this race. What's with what, 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 Toronto half marathon? Yeah. Yeah. So join up in Toronto or some, get the name of the club, but I'll send it to you for the, for the notes. Um, Cause you know, all of the, all the races are back, right? Like, so, the Brooklyn Marathon is taking place today. Boston was was Monday. Um, uh, Paris was a couple of weeks ago. Berlin's coming up. Tokyo, London. So all you know, all different places are doing their respective um, respective races and everything like that. So it's you know it's a, it's also a framing. It helps you kind of get where you need to go and in the 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 togetherness of it, doing with thousands of other people. But um, yeah, so that's that's the goal and. You know, again, I, I think just to, to put a punctuation mark, I think what what you shared, I think um, the point about the fitness and wellness is a bigger conversation than although obviously the the visual of it makes a lot of sense The you know, it becomes a bigger thing. And, and the way we approach it is as important as what we're doing. Right. So that everybody, you know, just just move if you can man you know the best way to describe is like you know have some form of movement every day right like that you're you know moving your moving your body getting your heart rate up in some way shape form or capacity man because um you know it literally without knowing without over overstating it our lives depend on it right so with that um uh, an interview, I guess it was a few weeks ago, um, that 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 I think actually sort of touches on some of those these ideas that we had on it in regard to fitness, but in sort of the larger sense of you know projection. Uh, Dame Dash was on the uh, All the Smoke podcast with uh, 
Matt Barnes and uh, Stephen Jackson. And it was a couple of things. I mean, you know, Dame Dash has become, you know, a, a certain type of interview. <laughs> I, I think at this point <laughs> in the world where it's like, right. you know, you know, and not in a necessarily in a derogatory sense, but like what what what's Dame about to say next? You know what I'm saying? Like what angle, you know, because Dame Dash, I would say, is is a he has a challenging style of communication that I think for a lot of people they would be like, damn man, like you know, feel would feel intimidated and, and thrown off, you know, quite frankly, by the way he jumps in. It comes in, you know, and he, as they say, strong, a strong position, strong, <laughs> strong, you know what I mean? Point of view, strong perspective. Um, but there was a couple things that there's touched on in there. And, you know, I, I want to defer to you on some of it, like to get framed. But the one thing I did want to start with, even he talked about, you know, from a, from the health perspective, and he's been very transparent about his managing of diabetes and whatnot. And, I'm just saying, like, in like, yo, I gotta about, you know, I gotta, I gotta eat this cat, I gotta do this other stuff to make sure my my situation is right so I can even do this right now. You know what I'm saying? And he, you know, was was not bashful about taking that space for his health, right? Which I think is an interesting, <clears throat> there's a time in our society, especially in our community, where a man would not have done that in in the eye of other people, right? And just be like, nah, I gotta do this to make sure I'm straight. And y'all just got to deal with it, <laughs> right? It would have it would have been a don't do the interview or y'all it just edit all that out. You know what I'm saying? But you know, what I mean, I appreciate that he he shares the truth of that part of his life, right? And that that there's a work that goes with making sure he's straight so he can be productive. That I think is a, an important just touchstone that I wanted to start out with. But there was some other, there was a whole bunch of other stuff <laughs> in the conversation that I wanted to get to. So. Um, what was one of the things that were that you that, you know that bubbled to the surface for you? Yeah, I mean, and, and I think that's a great one. I think you make a great point about you know within reason, homie's whole life is on is you just see it right, and I, I don't know if he wanted it to be like that or he just embraced it at some juncture um, because of the nature of how he chooses to live his life. But, it, you know, it, as it even boils down to um, that, and, you know, for, for I think black and brown folks or just folks of the original diaspora and then specifically sometimes black men are intensely private. Right. And so it's an interesting thing to watch someone not someone who is as outspoken and brash not be intensely private. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think there's not saying that people should be like that, but I think there's something to be said or to be thinking about what does it mean? Um, because often, you know, we're taught as men to be intensely private, right? Um, to the point of like being kind of mysterious, right? right. <laughs> Dame Dash is nothing but mysterious. He <laughs> uh, ain't mysterious. So anyway. I want to start with, unfortunately, where everyone starts with, but I think this is an important part of it before we get into it. Mm -hmm. I have an assertion that there will be a point where we look at the split of Rockefeller records as kind of influential in the business world and the cultural world as like when the Lehman Brothers 
didn't like split mm-hmm. um or different companies like you know in the 1920s like different titans i was been watching this uh, show called titans and just talks about like all the different partnerships and folks that uh were together and they split up and the lehman brothers was one mm-hmm. like over things they disagreed on right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that the the quote-unquote split of that gets you all the thing that is Jay-Z and so whatever that means to you in the world, right? And whatever, whatever, whatever you put to the Jay-Z, right? Because Jay-Z on the flip side, besides getting beat up in the uh in the elevator um, <laughs> and, and going through stuff with his woman, has been intensely private about how they do business, who's aligned, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. You get the Kanye's of the world, you get you get Kanye, and then all the things that have come from him. You get like the 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 rappers, the Jim Jones. You get the clothing lines. You get like you get all this like kind of cultural touchstones that emerge from that space. And then I guess the thing that I'm touching on is you get this idea of how to do business, whether you take the Jay Z route, which I would say is the kind of traditional. Um, American capitalist route, and I don't say that in a derogatory term, but as you build businesses, you create value and then you sell them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Jay-Z builds businesses, creates businesses, and sells businesses, right? I mean, he you can just watch it over and over again. Many of the companies they originally started are no longer around. He isn't, they have no interest in them. I mean, title's a great example, right? You buy a title, Samsung buys some of it. Square buys the rest of it. You're out of it, right. right? You create this champagne company that I've never had. I guess people say it's good. I can't tell. Asia Spades, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, I've, I've been places that they had it, but no one's, no no waiters ever said, hey, you looking for a really good glass of champagne? You need some of the Ace of Spades, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you create it. You create the value. LVMH buys into it, right? So, I mean, he has like the traditional model, create 50-50 partnerships with Rock Nation, right? I mean, that whole, the whole thing, Live Nation, you get Rockefeller, Rock Nation. Then you have Dame Dash, who's doing like this, like ruggedly 100% ownership model. Right, right. Right? Um, Of like, even if it's, you know, if, if it's worth this, it's 100% mine. I do what I want with it. I pivot to it, you know. And, and just those two different models, I think, reflect somewhat of an idea you see in hip-hop, but it also just in the broader Black community around entrepreneurship and business. And I just think it's an important place that we look at. Just like now, or at a certain point, you could attach so much to the idea of W.B. Du Bois and Booker T. Washington, right? And you could say, okay, here's where Du Bois was on this. And here's where Washington was on this. And that split created or that difference created a whole host of different things that emerged, right? I think in the same way, that split or that vision has set the tone for a whole bunch in, in, in businesses. And, and I think in, frankly, hip hop culture that, you know, and I guess one day we'll interrogate the culture, but <laughs> uh, whatever. 
Indeed. <laughs> so that's so that's that. I, I do, but I do, I do think it's important to to kind of like historically give some context to that split and what that split represents and how many people. And I'll say this quickly: how many people they really made important that may not have been as important prior to that. And I'll use that to say, like, to, to take people like Leo Cohen, Kevin Lyles, Julie Greenwald, all, all the people who, like, were involved in Def Jam, who now all run the biggest record labels in the world. Mm-hmm. That was off the back of Jay-Z, DMX, Method Man, Redman. Like, straight, that good history just shows that they they were they were able to be seen as creating that kind of value off the back of what Def Jam created between 19, like, 93 and 2000. And all those people are still running record labels based off of the stuff that happened. Yeah. Um, so that's that's just what that is. My 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 reflections on the interview, one of them I'll just go into is I think, man, um the interview showed me how much mentorship means in our community. Because I think the interaction with him and Stephen, with Dame Dash and Stephen Jackson just underscored the idea of like, you could be doing really well, have your own shows, be talking, doing all these things. But like fundamentally, I mean, I say this with no, no disrespect, but usually something disrespectful follows. But I really say that like it was clear that Stephen Jackson just hadn't been like mentored to even kind of access the stuff he wants to do, even as a successful right. basketball player and entrepreneur, right? Right. Like, you're sitting there, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, because it, it was it was like, you're on, you have this show, you're on show, that's like on Showtime, right? Like, so you started all the smoke. I don't know the, the total trajectory of their podcast, but I remember they started it. I don't remember if them being on Showtime started before, um, George, you know, just, you know, George Floyd in that time frame and, you know, the way he, you know, stepped up, you know what I'm saying, really like on, on a sort of like national stage community level wise. Right. And, you know, and he was, you know, Captain Jack and those that watch basketball know, you know, knowing from his, you know, sort of basketball prowess, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and something that I think is important um, that translates to this is like somebody whose thing on the court was, was talented, skilled, but also was was willing to get in into into the mix <laughs> for your team, right? And that as a, that's as an a, understatement. As a, as a, right as a definitely an understatement, right? Is it, a, as an ethic and 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 that, and that commitment, you know, poured out the Texas, you know, what I'm saying in the building type energy. And so even with that, right? So you you know, NBA vet, you know, got a you know you know a nationally available high profile high enough profile, these podcasts. And while on your own podcast and you're talking, you know, and, and, and someone that you, uh, you know, I, I would say would be safe to say admire and have respect for and, and see as, you know, someone that was a, a, a aspirational person when you was a young person, right? Because they, you know, you were high school kids when Rockefeller right. was becoming Rockefeller. So you, you know, you looked up to them, see them as sort of like, you know, big brother, big, you know, OG type, type time. Um, is in the room with you and he's challenging you because basically that like when you're talking about like what you want to do and where you want to go that you ain't you ain't have an answer like you really didn't have an answer 
Like it, it wasn't even an answer like, yo, I'm doing it. I'm doing this podcast. I always wanted to have this whole this space in the media and do 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 and be able to talk about our perspectives and like like you didn't have that in the can. You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't have the elevator pitch in your can, in your in, in your pocket. You know, and you know, it's, it, it, no disrespect. It, it, that's that's a just a, a real observation, right? That to this point, either from internally, with who you know ever helps you know y'all, however him and you know Matt Barnes communicate about the show or how they do it, that nobody sat down and said, yeah, like how would you explain this show to people? Like, is, like, what does this mean to you? Like, where does this fit in your life? Like, and if this isn't, if you, and then, you know, when he started talking about uh, wanting to go into acting and Dame shit being like, well, let's just do it. What was, like, you talking about it like it ain't gonna happen. How you gonna be talking about it like it ain't gonna, and, and like, it was really, you know, he's just like, Dame just like took control of the room and shit. <laughs> like, like, nah, hold up, man. Like, <laughs> right. Like, like, you ain't gonna be like, you, if you wanna do something, you gotta do it. And, and 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 it, and if you've never had somebody push you like that, right? At least, and especially like maybe outside the context of certain things, like just in a, like in a life way, where somebody's like pushing you on, like, well, you said you want to do what? All right, well, what, what? I mean, you got cameras in here, you got you got all the stuff, you know. And then he started, you know, he went he went right in, and and it was clear that like, you know, they wasn't really ready for that, like they didn't see that coming, like, right? You know what I mean? Or if they did, they they didn't do a good job of making it seem like they expected that. Like, it definitely was like, oh, shit, we, we, we thought we was, we thought this interview was going to go one way. <laughs> you know, we was going to reminisce and we was, I was going to have a, like a, you know, reminisce about the hip hop in the nineties and da da da. And then, you know, getting busy, you know, like how to be, a, you know, an entrepreneur, da da da. It was like, nah, man, it got, it went, James said, nah, we going deep. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, I'm going to push you. And, and I think it's, um, if you've never been, if you've never had someone, especially as an adult, push you, you know what I mean, on like your professional, you know, or personal vision, you know what I mean, or what you want to do with yourself, it it can be freezing. You know what I'm saying? Like, by really like square biz. Like, so what are you doing? <laughs> you be like, well, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to, I'm out I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, trying to pull it together. Like, nah, man, what are right. you doing? <laughs> like in that language, guys. And so even going into that language, and I think you made a good point, and that's why I use like mentorship, like not necessarily, you know what I mean? Like because we assume if someone has gotten to a place, man, they got money, they've already they got it figured out. Right. Like they already won. Right. Yeah. They've already won. But that doesn't mean that emotionally or even you're fulfilled professionally, because what you got doesn't always mean what you want. Right. And so him pressing him and, 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 and being irrepressible and how he's pressing him yeah. in response to this thing is like the challenge that I'm going to I'm going to submit that a lot of black men at certain times don't get anymore. Right. They don't get that challenge by somebody, um, you know. That they need to get in order to continue to grow. So we may assume that once you become a quote unquote adult, that you don't need a big homie slash old head slash OG, wherever part of the country you're from. You know what I mean? Um, and need that 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 mentorship and need that level of pressing. And if it can, and if also if it happens from someone your age or someone younger, then that's fine too. 
right? But it needs to happen in that level of challenge. And I just really thought it was striking how what Dame what Dame Dash was saying, maybe the way he does it is one way, but he's really talking about a broader sense of, of emotional freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's framing wealth differently than I think in a very consumer-oriented space that they probably they helped create. <laughs> right. Like be clear, Rockefeller world took the 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 the, the Harlem it, uptown culture, a Brooklyn culture of a certain time and created it for the world and commodified it for the world. Right. Just like Diddy did for kind of Harlem, another part of Harlem culture that we've talked about before. Um, but it's clear now he's defining happiness and wealth in different ways. And it was just interesting to watch on a show being challenged to redefine what your own goals could look like. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, whether it's, whether it happens outside or whether it happens inside, you know, we all can benefit from that, that prompting of growth, that prompting of a challenge that allows us to see kind of like go beyond what we've been thinking to where we need to go. Right. We, we talk about doing that for young people. But then we assume that once you've gotten 20, once you're 25 years old, then you no longer need it. Right. Right. You're good. You, or you should be good. You should have did a certain set of things that now you just play out the play out the rest of the string. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you don't have to. There's no no check ins, no no pivots, no curves, no nothing. You, you are you good? You, you got a degree or you did this? You, you went to you, you in the trade union. Are right, you good? Enjoy the rest of the next 70 years of your life. Of your life, right. <laughs> go on a go on a go on a, a, a trip every year. Right. And and call it a day. Which is which is also just a big part of again the commodification of our lives as defined as like, okay, once you get to this place and you're doing this thing, then you're good to do this thing. So then if someone wants to give you another show or give you another show, give you a sneaker, it's fine. I keep doing that versus I want to be an actor and I've never taken the time or gotten the mentorship from someone to think about how I can go be an actor. And if it takes it, the fact it takes somebody brash and, and, and kind of like, Dame Dash to come on and even help you engage your possibilities. Right. It just speaks to the fact that like whatever we're at, no matter what we're doing and, and maybe our growth is never, that's never it, right? It's like floors and ceilings, right? Yeah. Sometimes the ceiling ain't really a ceiling. Sometimes the ceiling's a floor for another conversation, right. but you have to be able to see that. It's something, and and it's akin that I think, and it's something I appreciate about Dane Dash, and that I think that I wonder, and because I don't have a ton of evidence of what, how folks feel about. It. I mean, generally, you know, my I, my general assumption is that sometimes folks look at men like Dane Dash negatively, or don't like his style. Like, oh, I mean, he he cool, but you know, he always, you know you know, seem like he, you know, coming at people, or, you know, whatever, you know, you know, you know, people be sensitive and stuff. They be like, oh. But let me, let me, let me say this really quick. And, and I want to give it a context. Ari Emanuel, who was known, was Ari Gold on the Entourage, right? Mm-hmm. Is legendary for being an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like legendary. You know, they didn't, they didn't make too much of a character caricature of himself when they did the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
You know what I mean? It, you know, there's a thing I was reading and say if you get less than three f bombs out of him, he's he's been like a monk, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and but I'm saying like that is fully accepted in the industry. Mm-hmm. But Dame Dash idea of being relentless and being the way he is in some ways as a black man like that's not acceptable yeah and 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 so i think at some point we have to interrogate why those things are not acceptable right. now there's one thing to say okay ari emmanuel nor dame dash acceptable. i mean that then that's a, just a different conversation but the fact that ari emmanuel is known for that has been able to to build a multi-billion dollar company where then Dame is framed as because Dame's like that, he can't do business. Right. Right. And and then and there's a, you know, tying back to the to the split, so to speak, there's a there's a there's a subtext whenever he's on in the public space that there's some sort of like who's who's winning, Dame or Jay-Z. You know what I'm saying, and and I and I think to their credit, I I don't think they necessarily want that, <laughs> but we do that. You know what I'm saying, right. like yeah. we do that. You know what I mean, kind of tying back to the to to our national nightmare of the slap of we got to pick a team, we got to pick a side, we got to decide one is good and one is bad, or one is out or one is in mm-hmm. or whatever, and and which has a lot more to do with, you know, sort of the, you know, I'll say the white gaze of that, you know, which, which, which one of these black folks is the acceptable one. And then the, uh, and then, then the broader kind of like gaze of, uh, you know, I'll call it maybe sort of the the, the social cultural, you know, economical machine that is American capitalism that, well, you know, one of these two must be a loser if one has more or less or is less, you know, connected to what we might assume to be the mainstream, so to speak, of American business. Um, but the, the the thing that I, that I, I was, was going towards was that Dane has a very clear, like, idea that for him of what success means, right? And you touched on it that, like, I want to own it. And then I want to challenge, like, I don't, you know, and I appreciated him really pushing on like, you know, cause sort of what was also in that, that exchange with him and Steven Jackson was sort of like, what, what defines you as being a successful actor, right? Where in Dane's mind is like, if you acted in some movies, you an actor <laughs> right now, Steven Jackson, you know, the subtext or, you know, subconsciously or consciously, it was sort of like, well, I mean, that's, I mean, don't you got to be like in a movie in a theater or like, you know, on a block, like, like, I'm not really an actor unless I'm in one of these. Now he may not have, you know, been one may not have been prepared for that question to um, thought about it that far, right. Where he could articulate his vision, you know what I'm saying? Or his thought around what it would mean for him to be a successful actor. But that's important. That sometimes is the challenge for our community, right? That like, we're not, we don't always aren't clear about what the win is, but we'd be real clear about what the loss is. Mm. Right. So we'll be we'll we'll be thinking about the loss, <laughs> like what is not the win, right? But we won't be on the other side, like well, what is the win, right? So if you, you know, if you, if I had decided, like you know, I want to foray back into the world of music, and I'm gonna make a four song little project, right? You know, there's a success of making the project, right? That would be just as a creative product would be like, yeah, I did it. Now, if I was not clear about my like. I want, you know, millions of people. Do I want millions of people to listen to this? 
do I want do I need anyone to listen to it? Do I just need to make it and say and know that I did it? Right. But I need to make sure I'm clear about what the win is. Because otherwise, you know, people hit you with the oh man, you over there doing your little music thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like right. your, your, little, your little thing. That's right. Your little thing, you over there doing your little thing. Like, hold up, man, why are you throwing salt on my I feel like you're throwing salt on my game right now. Like I was real proud of what I did. Right. But, but just to add on, yeah, you, you you touch on a very poignant point here. Because everything is so commodified, right? If something is not blowing up, <laughs> whatever that means, right. then it's then why did you do it? Right. And if the art, if the if your art is not fully commodified, was it worth making? Mm-hmm. Or if it hasn't been given critical review, not just by white folks, but maybe by some other form or depending yeah. on what it is. Is it was it worth doing right now that obscures that is a whole. I mean, if you're into the money as success conversation, if that's if, if that frames it, there's a whole bunch of really rich people that you've never seen and do things that are not considered successes in the broader kind of world. Mm-hmm. But they succeed. They succeed in making money if that was how you were framing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it you know, there was that conversation around Tyler Perry that. Produces art that you know different people have takes on, right? Mm-hmm. Like they have takes on what that art looks like, but it clearly still rings a bell and does very well, right? right? And, and and so, I mean, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is just to your point, the over commodification, and sometimes this idea that if it wasn't done by a major studio, that it wasn't like quality, right? That that for some reason it didn't have the level of being good that like doing the X-Men or Avengers right, <laughs> right. was good. Like it is, you are a better actor if you were an X-Men or Avengers than you would be in your own movie that you made. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think, you know, to your point, it, it brings us to say, we know the the absence of more than we know the presence of. Yeah. And, and, right? and, yeah. and, I, and I think it's really, and I and I'm like it's just you know personally this is something I even I've been you know walking with and thinking about with you know with with the work that I do right now and 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 other things just like how I direct myself within the community space and how I even direct myself with what I'm you know with the things I spend my time on when it comes to certain things around our lives as black folks sometimes we've been you know you there, there definitely was a time in my life when I sort of identified myself with like the struggle and like whatever that however you constituted that at the time of like you know, the, the structure of America and I'm going to be who I am. And then there was a point where I realized I was like, I can't define justice, you know, Raji, only by sort of this struggle against, you know, this, you know, Sisyphus, Sisyphusian, Sisyphusian, is that a word? Can I use that? Like, you know, obstacle, Sisyphean, yeah. you know, engagement <laughs> with the world. Because now that it means like myself only exists or only has evidence of my existence, you know, like a, like a quark or whatever, by when I'm touching the thing, you know, where I'm, I'm fighting with the thing. And I'm like, that thing ain't the thing. I'm the thing. Like I'm the, I'm the one, I'm the sound and the light and the fury in this joint. Like I, I'm cool. Like, you know, hold up. Let me adjust my perspective. And, and to a degree, you know, and, and there's a place for, you know, fighting for something that you might not live to see and and and, and understanding a sense of, of time and place with what how you spend your time or who you are in the world, right? Um, but also like I want to win at stuff. Like I, I I'm not I'm not fulfilled 
necessarily in all the aspects of my life by being like, well, we fought so hard for so long. And maybe, it, maybe like, I want some W's. I want some, like, yo, we, like, that's, that happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and, and you know, I'm saying, for, you know, just in person, like, like, I want to have children. I have the children. They're there. Like, those are the people that I created. You know what I'm saying? I right. was part of the team. You know what I'm saying? We worked together. You know what I mean? Somebody, you know, obviously probably did a lot more of the internal work. You know what I mean? But I was there on the scene. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I've been there the whole time. You know what I mean? We lived together. Right. Like, you know, it's the the reality is here. It's not theoretical. It's actual. You know what I'm saying? And when it comes to like, you know, doing things creatively, um, our professional work, um, or the community work and spaces they've shown up in is like I don't. I I'm not in. I'm not excited by the idea of like we're gonna go outside and just be fighting for some and try really hard forever. I'm like, nah, man. What are what do we what do we win? What do we want to win? Right. What? How do we see our sense of, you know, again, like success? Like, so if you say, like, I want to, like, because we said, like, we said success is a fantasy. We said it was a fantasy. He said, I want to be success. All that, that, that's an emotion. That's not an outcome. Like, like that's, that's not, right. that ain't a, like, what do you mean? Like, you, you need to be clear. Right. And, and I think it is vitally important. And I think it's something that sometimes, you know, at times in your life, you can be, motivated to do something that's challenging for you by sort of like the like the unclear ambiguous kind of like oh i want to be successful i gotta do this right but when you gotta but there becomes those break points where you gotta really assess because when it gets really really hard with certain things in life if you if when once your brain re- really i this is you know just as you know armchair psychotic psychologist when, when your brain realizes the thing that you're fighting for really ain't real but you still trying to make it like, you know, parts, of, you know, you start spinning off, <laughs> you start, you know, taking a little extra time with the games or start missing some meetings. Cause, cause, cause you, cause there's a other part of your brain is like, yo, you know, that ain't the win, right? Like you fighting all hard for this shit that you know, ain't the win. I'm gonna see how, let's see how long this goes. You know what I'm saying? And, and, right. and I think it's really important that, and I appreciate again about Dane Dash is that like his thing is, I I want to own certain things, and if I if I'm not doing that, and I and I really appreciate what he said, I don't want these people patting me on the back like like they helped me to be you know to be be you know I guess it, it being and being a Harlem dude, I, you know I, <laughs> I would say the cultural thread of like <laughs> I'm not defined by y'all that I think is near and dear to you know to our cultural foundation of like I'm the definer. No, you don't define right. me. Like, you don't need you coming up here, act like you went and did what I did to be who I am. And like, now you're like, oh, we're all together. No, nah, we ain't all together, dog. Like, I don't know you like that. Like, back up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if we doing square, we doing business together and we partners on an adventure, that's great. Or, you know, uh, work together on a community effort, that's great. But don't be patting me on the back like you know who I am and, and, and fully understand my reality because you don't. Like, you're not us. You know what I'm saying? And to ease back, let me do my thing. And in and, 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 and a sense of really being comfortable in our own skin, comfortable in our own definitions of the world, you know, it 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 it, it is really important to, to me, Lee, I think, to 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 have a sense of fidelity to your to your to your to your own values that you can go. We're I'm trying to do this. Here's the here's my base goalpost. Other things could be a success too. Like other things could be great benefits from this work 
but I know I've done it if I did this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've, you know, I, I know I've hit the mark if I've done that. And when you don't, if you've never had sort of the mentoring environment or a space where somebody pushed you to be specific like that, you know, it, it's shocking because you, because you, you know, we, a lot of our world runs on like sort of open-ended motivation, motivational, you know, hoi polloi that, that ain't really asking for any rigor. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you got to believe and just work hard and da, da, da. And they'd be like, wait a minute. How do you know when you won? You're like, I don't know when I won. Right. Well, that that's the thing. First, I want to give you uh, props on hoi polloi. I just want to let you know that you know, as, as a fellow lover of words, a lover of terms, that was really well placed. Um, yeah, man, that was great. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's the other part. And this ties back to the interview. What do you want? I want to be a success. Like, well, no, what does that mean? Right. And it's the other part of everyone watching the Mamba mentality, TikToks and, and, and like clips, yeah. but not being clear that being a success for Kobe Bryant meant I'm scoring 30, no matter how many shots I take, we're going to win. I'm going to choke all of you. Right. right. Like I, I am it's a Mamba best, for a reason. Right. I'm one of the best on ball defenders within two to three years of being in the league. And you know what I'm saying? Like it ain't just, I yeah, I'm going really to shut me. this person down. Right. It's not open-ended motivation, not towards a result. Right. And the result doesn't have to be, again, according to the broader commodification of what success looks like. Right. You know what I mean? Um, because, hey, it, it, let's say you do create a league that's not the NFL. Well, so I mean, that's cool. It doesn't have to be the NFL. Right. There are soccer games. There are a whole bunch of soccer leagues that are not MLS and MLS is not uh, the Premier League. Right. But that doesn't make MLS not successful. Right. Because it's not as big as Manchester United playing Liverpool. Exactly. And so we have to utilize that in our own lives, in our own communities, and frame what we think successes are. And again, get out that idea of your little, right? You know, aka your little program, your little little, little project you got going on. Your little project you're working on versus someone creates something and they iterate it. And the fact that they created, and especially again, going back to you know, we're two black men talking. So obviously as black men talking, we're talking about stuff that connects to black men. That's why I came from Asher Oldhead, right? right? However, obviously, and people could should always connect it to whoever may be listening of whatever gender orientation, you know, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? You should extend it to themselves. But it is really important for black men to frame what success looks like other outside of world that often the definitions of what winning looks like has not has been given to you mm-hmm. right right and given by worlds and and structures frankly not going into the struggle mentality but given by structures that weren't always looking out for your best interest right so identifying what success is doing that claiming that being real about it and doing it outside of a gaze i think becomes kind of more important than ever you know what I mean? And I think people, again, say what they will about Dane, but I think he's been willing to do that. He's been willing to stand on it. That's what matters to him. And he's been willing to stand on it at some point. He no longer wants to be in business in the ways that he was in business before. And that doesn't make him less of a success because he no longer wants to be in business with the people he was in business in prior. So um, 
you know, with that, I, I would, you know, put the link, you know, advise folks to check out the show. Um, check out that episode. I think, you know, I think because especially again, like I said, you know, Dame as interview person has become sort of a certain experience <laughs> that I think certain people are expecting a certain thing. And I and not to say that it was or was it wasn't that thing, but I thought that the the dynamic in the way that conversation shifted was really, 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 really uh, poignant. And thank you, for, you know, for catching it and sharing it. And, um, you know, um, you know, in tune with the start end of this conversation, like I said, you know, the, the, the be the definer, you know what I'm saying, of what your wins are, you know what I'm saying? And then, then go get, go get the win. <laughs> go, go, go That's right. That's right. Go win. With that, it, it, anything else is for the, to go to no, order, 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 my man. All right. So with that, yeah, everybody just check out Hoy Paloy. Go look at it, man. I'm telling you, this guy's a word. He's a, he's a word wizard, man. Y'all should, man. I thought I was I was reading Baldwin or man. <laughs> Sonia Sanchez or some shit. Oh, but, well, I'll say that for another conversation. I was reading, I've been doing some reading, you know, the last two weeks. But with that, I would say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Majestic. Thank you to you for listening. Um, as always, if you want to support the podcast, the number one thing you can do is share. Um, number two, and I guess maybe right up there, like, like one, one B, is go wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and subscribe to the podcast so it will make this discoverable for other folks. Um, you can also a patron on patreon just search up justice raji and you will find my page and you'll see the ask your head logo and some other things over time but in any event i appreciate you and until next time we come together be safe peace